Vintage Kenner coloring books. Coloring books. Tis the podcast log. Yes, log. Of the Star Wars Collector's Archive blog. Whenever the Star Wars Collector's Archive publishes a new blog, this podcast will log its contents, interview its writers, and go deeper. It's the Kivecast Blog Log Pod. You, sir, are a mouthful. Relax and just take life easy for a little while. Because it's only last for a little while. All right, Steve. Steve, we don't goof around at the beginning of blog log pods. No, no messing around. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I, I am curious. Do we know which blog log pod this is? Yeah, I came prepared this time. It's, okay, it's the fourteenth, and it's really? the first this year. Believe it or not, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, number fourteen. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's awesome that we've done fourteen of these. If again, if you don't know, we just try to. Uh, feature articles that are put on the Star Wars Collector's Archive because too often they are not given the attention they should be and so then we make podcasts about them where they are further ignored. Uh, (laughs) But it's uh, better to be ignored in two places than just one. (laughs) Yes, I mean at least this has more like, I don't know. My hope is that we get a fair amount of people who go back and listen to all of our old episodes so hopefully we'll catch those people and send them to the archive so they can go to the blog. Because um, yeah. I, I would argue that the Star Wars Collector's Archive blog is the most important place in the hobby. I, I think as far as right now, in, in terms of documenting information, and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So so there's, there's no better way to do that, Steve, than talking for however long we're going to talk about coloring <laughs> books. So I think we should just, uh, I'm just going to try to add Ron on here. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at that. Let's see if I can just add him on here. So I don't even have to edit this. Come on, Ron. Let's see if we can add him. Let's see if he answers the phone. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get the the author on 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 the line yes. here. Yes, Ron, are you Ron, Ron, Salvatore? He do Ron, Ron. He do Ron, Ron. Let's see if he picks up the phone. Um, <laughs> is that you, Ron? What's up? Hey. hey. <laughs> we're, we're already recording, Ron. Oh wow! Amazing. Yes, yes we, <laughs> we made the spence with the pleasantries. We're uh, we're doing well. Um, yeah, Steve. What? What? Why are you a couple minutes late? Uh, well, it, there's there's the 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 baby stuff. Sometimes time doesn't quite work the way it used to. So, but that's good though. It's all good. That'll do it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I need you baby guys to tell stuff. me if you hear because we we try to have a profanity-free podcast. <laughs> um, but I am directly above my son built a computer and it's in the room below me and he has his headphones on and he plays these games like Hearts of Iron 4 which is this like weird like I don't know like World War 2 recreation game and, and I don't know how but he basically just screams profanities basically all night long so <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> let me know if those come through wow well you guys doing alright? We are, and yeah. And, how are you, Ron? <laughs> yeah. Well, pretty good, man. Just uh, living the dream, I guess. Have you um, along here? Have you colored in all of your coloring books by now? <laughs> uh, 
No. Uh, they're collectibles, Steve. I can't color them. I don't know how you could possibly even suggest such a thing. I guess the What's archive next? party Putting together the puzzles? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's what I've been thinking, Ron, is that, um, you know, because you in, in your article, and you know, we always debate, should I actually read the article uh, first? And I did read it, and you guys will, will definitely pay for that. Um, <laughs> Oh, I have a language point, Ron, that you didn't touch on that I just cannot wait. I'm going to take you to task. Um, okay. But, uh, but uh, you know, like in your awesome, and I mean, really, your write-up is worth reading. It's very amusing. Um, you can read it on your phone even. You don't even need to read it like on a computer. It, it reads very quickly. Um, but you talk a lot about the quarantine, and I do think that puzzles and coloring books are perfect for, you know, 19th century quarantines if you don't have Netflix. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since I've actually colored in a coloring book, but um, certainly uh, I felt on the verge of it over the last couple of months. Like, there's been certain periods of time where I felt, you know what, I just might grab a coloring book, which kind of says a lot, I think. <laughs> now, now I am curious. So we're, we're going to be going through the entire history of Kenner's coloring books. Um, the the big question though is did you guys use coloring books when you were kids? What was your relationship with Star Wars coloring books? Do you have any memories of that, Steve? I, I do. Um, I mean, generally, coloring books were definitely a way that my parents got my brother and sister and I to just uh, get busy. Like when we were on road trips and stuff, I feel like we'd always stock up on coloring books. Um, and I definitely remember somehow having the the Empire Strikes Back red like Darth Vader covered coloring book as a kid. And I probably got it from my older brother and it was probably already colored in, but I might've done it again anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I remember that one very specifically. How about you, Ron? You know what? I don't recall having ever having a licensed coloring book. I, mean, I remember doing coloring books, but it was always just like random stuff. Like I don't recall ever having something attached to a movie property, certainly not star Wars. Um, yeah, so no, I I mean, I I liked coloring, I guess, as most kids do, pretty much. Uh, I had fond memories of coloring books. I I'm pretty sure I never had a Star Wars one. Well, it's funny you should say that, Ron. It's actually not true. Um, I have very firm evidence that some children do not like coloring books. <laughs> so I, I oh, yeah. found uh, recently, in you know, while cleaning up my dad's storage spaces and stuff, uh, one of my Empire Strikes Back, I believe it was the uh, one with Leia on the front, uh, coloring books and I think we definitely had a lot of them because um, you know like they were for sale I, I remember seeing them sort of for sale in toy stores and they're a pretty easy cheap item to buy and I went through and I actually found I keep this in the museum an original 1980 Chewbacca that I colored in and on the other side there's also uh, Luke in, in Bacta and the way that I would color was the same way that a dog marks like a, a t fire hydrant like i would just see something was on the page i would take a one color thing and i would just cover over whatever was interesting so this is chewbacca i just got this color this purple crayon and just destroyed it yeah. no, there's no lines there's no nothing and then i went to the next page and i remember very vividly going through coloring books and being excited when my brother amos who's a great artist would would have had it before me because there would always be this beautiful page and be all colored right and so fascinating and then I would get to the next open page just scribble 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 so <laughs> some some kids I remember those kids like man like who just like would go at a coloring book like with a single like a, a crayon in the fist <laughs> yes. and just like 
See, I, I, I remember being like, I don't understand what you're doing. Like, I, oh, so since you were one of those kids, Scott, like, what is what is the point of that? Like, what's going through the kid's head as he's doing something like that? Shame. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> are you not like? Are you not understanding what the what the purpose of the coloring book is? Are you angry and like right. you're taking out frustrations, or is this like some kind of statement, like an artistic statement? <laughs> well, well I, I wish I could say it was an artistic statement, but it truly is shame because you know the whole joke, and you bring it up in the in the article, is that it's all about staying in the lines. And right. I, I was, I mean, legitimately incapable of coloring in the lines. I don't know if that's a sign of intelligence or uh, ADD. I just or, do or... remember, like, like in coloring either in school or with babysitters or whatever, and, like, there's some kids who just didn't, just would scribble on there, and I remember that stay with stay in the lines. Like, it's like, <laughs> right. and, and I remember, the, even as a kid, being like, okay, does that need to be explained? <laughs> like, <laughs> supposed to color, that, like, within the lines, or... So, so once some I people realized, just like the, the page is a blank screen, and I'm just gonna like go to town without regard to what is actually printed on the page. <laughs> but, but you don't you don't understand my howl, Ron. So because if I tried really hard, I still couldn't keep it in the line. My retroactive psychological analysis of the situation tells me that I just said, I can't do it, therefore I'm just going to destroy it. You know, like if I can't do it well, I might as well do it poorly and then act like I meant to do it. Just act being, like this is some. Yeah. 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 And and that's how I feel about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, it's, I think it also pertains a lot to the way that collectors are and, you know, like. Like, I'm trying to imagine, Steve, who would have a neater coloring book, uh, Ron or Chris Jorgulius. I bet, I bet both of them never went outside the lines, you know, like very, like, well-placed, everything in its right place. Whereas maybe, like, myself, maybe, like, you know, Todd Chamberlain, maybe a little bit more, like, just like, and go, you know what I mean? Like, our, the, the different approaches. I, don't know. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I can imagine Chris Jorgulius coloring books being pretty neat, uh, Pretty fastidious, I guess yeah. would be the word yeah. to use. But considering, did you see the uh, the catalog pages I included in here that have like, you know, Kenner must have hired somebody that to color right. these things professionally. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Super like, like no kid would ever get this far. No. You know, with different shading and techniques it's, in different areas. Yeah, it's like when they show kids drawings in movies that are clearly done by adults. Like that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or it's or it's even the the playscapes that kids have in toy commercials. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I remember thinking like, wow, that toy looks so much fun. But then like when it's just in your like dirty living room, <laughs> it's not it's not as much fun. Or but, when you're watching we, a kid in like an '80s like sci-fi movie and he's using a computer and it's like it has computer functionality that no '80s computer ever had. Yeah. You know, and you're like, how did this? You know, I remember at the time thinking like, wow. This kid must be rich. Like his computer, like he could send pictures over it. But you know, no, it's just some writer didn't have the, you know, didn't have the realism of the computer thing down. Or, or, or like that trope that we still let movies get away from the infinitely enhancing image. Yeah. You know, like oh, enhance, man. enhance, enhance. Oh, oh there yeah. it is. It's a, it's a green pen in his pocket. Well, like in Blade Runner, there's a photo yeah. and that somehow goes goes around a corner. You're like, right. oh, do they have like? photos in the future that take pictures around corners like how does that work <laughs> uh, Steve we're not supposed to be right. Largan Largan we no, haven't no, even no. talked about a coloring book yet uh, you know but it's it's trying times you know it's okay yeah, it's <laughs> true this is also Captain Ron's Pod Mask of Red Death part two <laughs> yeah I mean so I, I kind of like uh, 
had been meaning to do a coloring book article for a while, but uh, finally, with the shutdown here, I figured, you know what, I'm going to do an article on coloring books. So that's kind of how it started. So why don't we start with, Steve, what do you think is the most bizarre thing about Star Wars era coloring books? Well, there's a few to choose from. I know, I mean, I know you picked up on the, the lack or the hatred of Han Solo, apparently, on some of these covers where they really focus on Chewbacca and cut out well, Han. Well, but, I want to I want to get to that too, but yeah. I want to just scale back. There's, Why yeah. is there no American coloring? That's book? that's a, that is a very bizarre. Yeah, it, because this is the thing, Ron. Right, and I think you are part. You are one of the scholars or whatever who put forth this concept that in the early days, Kenner and Lucasfilm were caught off guard, and so all of the stuff that was easy to make, like paper items and puzzles, that was made, but you had to wait years for the toys. How is it that only these funky dunk Kenner Canada coloring books, why were there no American coloring books in the Star Wars era, Ron? Tell us. Oh, I don't think anyone can answer definitively, um, at least I can't at the moment, but my suspicion is, I mentioned it kind of in here, in the article, uh, Kenner, I don't think Kenner had ever done a coloring book, so uh. it was just something that they hadn't done in the past. They had done coloring sets, you know, like paint sets, dip dots, right. and stuff like that, and they did really stuff like that, um, but I think, you know, they were so busy releasing the stuff that they had in the pipeline that I don't think they just really got around to coloring books. For whatever reason, Kenner Canada decided this was a good idea, um, and I don't think they had great experience either, because I, I think you probably saw it in there. Um, and this is, I don't know if anyone's ever written about this before, but they apparently, um, rather than hiring real artists, just kind of farmed it out to some Canadian art school uh, <laughs> because they needed these, they needed to fill four coloring books with art in probably a really short window. Um, and so they did that. Uh, obviously, if you've looked at the Canadian coloring books, they're not, the quality is not great. And so I'm guessing that Kenner probably took a look at those those products and probably it got shot down. I wouldn't be shocked if Lucasfilm complained like they did about the um, uh, the utility belts, which were also a Canadian product that was pretty junky. Uh, and so I think, you know, if they had, Kenner USA had thought about releasing the Canadian ones, I think the quality would have probably prevented them from doing that. Uh, but obviously by the time the Empire Strikes Back rolled around, they, they did decide to go ahead and do it. So I, my you guess know, is I, that just... Yeah. You know, they just they didn't have a history. They didn't have experience with it. They did have experience with paint and poster sets, and that's what that's what they did release. And so they probably just didn't until 1980. They just didn't get around to to making a quality product to release. So I I totally buy that that Kenner wasn't ready. I'm not sure if I buy entirely the idea that the Canadian coloring books are particularly bad. Um, <laughs> I think you're so, I think you're nuts. Did you have you looked at them? They're really bad, dude. Okay, all right. Compared so, so first, to what so let's, came out with later. Okay, let's just take a little bit of time to talk about these because these are the, the this yeah. is the creme de la creme of all Star Wars coloring books. There were four Canadian coloring books with English on the front, French on the back, right. uh, back cover, um, and there's one of just Chewbacca with Han Solo cut out, like Steve says, greatest thing ever for Chewbacca Kletcher, That's great. The next one is Chewbacca and Luke in The Millennium Falcon. I believe that is the only time that Chewbacca and Luke have been featured, like, alone. Right. Like, yeah. When else are those two put together in a vintage item? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, you know, Duncan or Todd could tell us. Then there's Luke and C-3PO, and Luke is fixing C-3PO's arm. 
Ron, Steve, can you think of this image ever being used in any <sighs> other Kenner items? I, not that I can remember, no. I think especially for us prequel fans, being me and not you two haters, um, <laughs> but the image of Luke Skywalker, you know, Anakin Skywalker's son fixing C-3PO in the same place where he was built, it's cool that there is a vintage collectible of that image. Uh, and then finally just a, a boring R2-D2 in, in Tatooine. That's that's kind of the most boring one. So the, the covers are great, and, and Ron points out that they have the... You know, it's labeled Kenner, so already that's cool. Right. Um, and it has the Kenner, uh, what, what Ron coined, the uh, double racetrack. That was you, right, Ron? You, you came up with that terminology? Uh, I think so. I don't, I don't think I got it for anybody else. Yeah, well, that's, that's uh, you know, a re really good way of describing the early era, the double racetrack. And yeah. then on the inside, there's a bunch of images <laughs> that are creative, <laughs> that are, okay, some of them are bad, Ron. <laughs> but what I, I sent you guys. All I mean, you're going to say you like them because they're interesting and different, and that's fine. But they're basically really crude. And if you're like a Kenner or a Lucasfilm guy, and you're looking at this, it's like, oh, what is this? This is not. This is not a high quality product. Um, and like I said, they were done by Canadian art students, and I got in touch with one of the guys who did them and he was like man that stuff was really embarrassing when I looked at that stuff I thought it was really bad so he thought it was bad as well um, I think from a collecting standpoint they're probably the most interesting pieces out of all of these because they are so cool and the imagery is so weird um, and a lot of it's obviously based on bizarre sources like Marvel comic books and things like that right um, so that's fun, but yeah, I, I would have a hard time saying that these aren't pretty crude as coloring books go. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm gonna just I'm just gonna take a couple counterexamples, like like the the sand crawler. So I mean, that's a, a sand crawler that's done with a technical proficiency that I don't think is matched or surpassed in other coloring books. And I sent you the picture of that. It's like yeah. it's it's well done in you know it's the, it's, the yeah. perspective is well done. The details on the tread. It's kind of an action scene. Yeah, the Jawas themselves are crude. <laughs> okay, <laughs> got a picture and traced it. That's why. <laughs> okay, fine. It has the right. look of a, of a, like an industrial drawing, but yeah. Okay, yeah. and then some of the images and the spaces that they chose to depict, again, much like the covers, are quite interesting. So you have Luke, Baru, and Owen at the at the homestead, and they're having a conversation. I mean, when else is that ever, like, depicted? Like right. them saying, that's a whole other season. Uh, I would say that the, um, the, the three sand people is really good, too. Um, the way that they look, like it's a good combination between detail and a lack of detail. You know, uh, there's a there's a Chewbacca by himself, and it's like very I mean, stylized. Again, though, I mean, keep in mind that the way they did that is they just like someone traced it. You know, that's how they did the picture of the sand people. That's like a production <laughs> image. Okay. Whereas the other stuff is like they hired like a real artist to a lot of them. On except there's I think the one of the the later Empire books is a little bit cruder, but I mean. Yeah, they're just basically someone projected that and they traced it. Okay, but then, but then, still though, the art of a tracer, and this is like an inker in comic books, or whatever. You still have to choose how to do it, how much detail to include, how much not to include. If you take the Chewbacca holding on to his bowcaster right. image, that's that's typically shown, and that's a common image. That's like the common pose. But like they almost do it like a yellow submarine animated, yeah. <laughs> like with the the hair, like the just these lines coming out from his head and the way that it's stylized, 
I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying that, that the, the immediate, oh, it's just so bad, I think there's enough of a personal touch, there's enough interest to it, that just to purely dismiss it as being bad, I, I, th I, think, I think we could do better than just dismissing it as being bad. Well, or or, or yeah. like the Darth Vader, where he's, he's got his lightsaber, like he's taking a whiz, <laughs> and it's where he's like feeling around for uh, Obi-Wan's corpse. Like, it's a badly done drawing, the helmet is way too small, he's got all these weird lines, but it's, I don't know, it's interesting. And I, I like that you can really tell that different hands were, were at play here, because uh, the other Chewbacca that you sent us, Sky, the, the one where he's yes. getting escorted, he looks yeah. almost, that's very Simpsons-like, that, that Homer yes. Simpson mouth, I mean, it is, I love I, how different they are. Actually, I hate to tell you, that's not Chewbacca, that's Zira from Planet of the, uh, yes, from right. Planet of the Apes. Right. <laughs> that is absolutely a Planet of the Apes Chewbacca. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but with, with Homer Simpson eyeballs. Right. Um, I, I don't know, but, but I, I see what you mean. I mean, sometimes they're really crude and bad. Like there's an image of, uh, of Luke as a stormtrooper, and there's a blaster bolt going right behind him, and his face is like, what? It's almost like Kinda. a meme face. Like I think you could do a meme with this of like just yeah. the, the, this shot going behind him. And this picture like of Luke a... and Han, like I don't know what they're doing. Like just with their mouths open is just really bad. I love it because it's bad, and it's great to see from a collecting standpoint because it's so odd but it's again if you're Kenner and you're looking at that you're like uh, yeah we probably aren't going right. to release this but alright that, yeah. that's, a, that's a fair point but there's still <laughs> there's still value value there I mean it's like the Polish bootlegs I mean I love them I love them because they're you know kind of bad but they're kind of bad <laughs> if you were a toy company you probably wouldn't want to release them uh, but yeah, the Im images in the Canadian books are highly variable. There's some that are better than others because, like I said, they were done by art students. So I mean, you get some that are good and some that aren't. Uh, but you know, it the, is what it is. The, the I, image of of Luke with his fists clenched, right? Like th this is from the Star Wars musical that hasn't been made yet for some weird reason, <laughs> and he's like just about to sing about his destiny and his future, and yes. he, can, he can just see it like he's. He's about to sing "Let It Go." There, there's, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so these are definitely the most collectible. I, Ron, they used to be really rare, but I have had the opportunity to buy multiple sets in the last couple of years. Do you, do you think I'm they're still missing favorite? one? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, there was like a find or something. Remember that we colored them at one of the archive parties? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and um, that's the, Steve. Do you have those? Uh, I feel like I might have one. I think some of them I sent home with you. I, I think they're they're kind of spread around. Um, right. But yeah. So, so that's something that we've done at the archive party where, because I bought four sets in like 2012 or something like that. Yeah. Someone just unearthed. And so I just thought it'd be funny to put them out on the table at the archive party. Now at archive party two, someone tried to walk away from them when you walk away with them so we had to actually put stickers on them that say these are not to be taken <laughs> um, but someday we're going to have a full gallery because we've had kids and adults and people just filling them in um, yeah I, I didn't yeah. I didn't know you were missing one Ron you could have just taken the one that you're missing <laughs> um, yeah well I mean I, I have I think I have it but it's not in great condition I mean, but yeah I always consider those scarce I don't even think I saw them until I'd been collecting three or four years um, and I was like oh I didn't know they released Star Wars branded coloring books in Canada, um, so I always considered them pretty scarce, but yeah, then there was a find or a source that had a bunch of unused ones, and then you could find them for a while, but I think now they're, I don't know if they're rare, but it's, if you want to get all four, it, 
it's probably not something you're necessarily going to find at the drop of a hat, you know. So, yeah, they right. are a little bit scarce. Except for that random moment. And there's maybe a good lesson in there. Sometimes there are finds and things seem like they're not rare, so you don't buy them. But I was like, I think I should get these, even though there's a whole bunch of them. And and I think the the star of the show, Ron, and you've mentioned this before. You know, this is the most famous thing is that they have a blue snaggle tooth in here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, well, I mean, like like the art the art student guy told me that they just gave them a bunch of random reference. So I'm sure Kenner Canada must have given them a, a cache of stuff. And they must have had photos of early Kenner figures, and so they just somebody drew the figures, you know. And yeah, whoever did Blue Snaggletooth, I don't know. I think that might be drawn from the Sears set. Mm. Is that isn't there like a? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, that sounds right. They had right. reference though to yeah. Uh, it looks almost like someone was looking at the Blue Snaggletooth figure, and then maybe the one of the images on the Sears cantina and combine the two because there's a yeah. figure there's a a figure kind in that of, similar pose on right. there i think it's maybe camerhead yeah i think you're right yeah it's kind of got that more cartoonish not completely action figure like pose but you can see yeah. that it's a combination of the, of the two so and there's the r5d4s in there the early one that's in some catalog photos and the, obviously the death star droid with the bug head uh, so they must have had early kenner photos in addition to obviously a couple of Marvel covers because those show up in there as well. Yeah, and, and that that makes these really special, I think, because I mean, especially if you're trying to think about how rare it is that if you just wanted to focus on the original Death Star droid, you know, what could you possibly collect? You'd have that that catalog, right? The the German catalog that had a picture of the the original mock-up that was a like a C three PO with like a weird bug head. And then, and then Gus has the actual toy from that picture, or what could be the original toy. Um, yeah, he he had it. I, I'm not sure if he still does. He may have done a deal for it or something. But yeah, that was something Gus had for years. Was the actual um, Death Star droid? It, it's actually the the head is from a model kit, so it's a praying mantis model kit head uh, that they put on the, onto a C-3PO body to make their original Death Star droid mock-up. Right, and so and then you have this image from a coloring book. So you have a total of three possible things. One of them worth like a hundred thousand dollars, and <laughs> yeah. and this, you know, this this image. Yeah, no, so. that's that's one of the things that makes them awesome. You know, I think the weirdness of those books is partly what makes them so cool. Um, and you can look through them and just find weird stuff. Like I think some of the factor stuff shows up in there, like. Uh, the Vader, well, it's not factors, probably. It's like a publicity image of Vader with his lightsaber ignited across right. his chest that shows up in the factor standee. And it's like, clearly they had limited sources of reference when they were doing this. And um, so you get a bunch of weird images or familiar images in a different context, which is which is kind of cool. Awesome. Well, I think, I think that's enough on the Star Wars books. I think they're they're just the greatest. They're, they're I, I think they're some of the best... Star Wars items out there. I just I love them. Maybe uh, it's just because they're yeah. French and English, but they're just so great. They're so interesting. I mean, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think um, they, plus they look great. I just think the black and silver looks great. The covers are fun. Uh, interiors are just weird and interesting, and they're scarce. So yeah, I, I would say that as far as the coloring books go, those are about the 
my favorite pieces out of the whole. And just the, the fact range. that Han is absolutely just cut off everywhere. It's unbelievable. It's so funny. I think you're <laughs> right. They they're really just bitter that that Han. It's like the most pro chewy thing. Okay, but let's let's move on to Empire Strikes Back. And you mentioned something about a catalog. Um, now I did read this beforehand, Ron, but I didn't really pay attention or understand exactly what catalog is this. This 1980 catalog. Oh, so it's the Kenner the Kenner Toy Fair catalog, which basically shows the whole 1980 line. Um, so this would be and, for vendors. And they, and, yeah, and, so it would okay. go to retail retail buyers, wholesale buyers. Uh, so if you if you owned a toy store or whatever, you would get the catalog and you'd pick the stuff you wanted to carry. Right, and the the this features the the amazingly well drawn, well colored in <laughs> images. Definitely not by a young Sky Payne. Um, maybe it's yeah. by Chris. We have to we have to ask him. This they is the kind look of almost like watercolor. It almost looks like they don't look like coloring books. It looks right. like it's for dip dots or something because it looks almost like watercolor. Yeah, there's like crayon. shading and. <laughs> Shadow, yeah. yeah, it's it's very uh, uh, exquisite. <laughs> but anyway, it, it so it's for 1980 Kenner American coloring books, and they basically uh, those images that you see colored in are from the Canadian ones, and the the cover you see in the photo is the obviously the Luke fixing through C-3PO's arm, this guy likes so much, but with an Empire Strikes Back logo. Right. Um, so they just kind of like they use that. Either as a plate, they probably as a placeholder. Like I don't think they intended to release those coloring books. I think they didn't have the new ones ready yet, and so they just used those in the catalog as a placeholder. Okay. Now, do, do you think there's like a mock-up somewhere, or do you think that was just made for that yeah, that image? I don't know. Probably not. Um, yeah. They probably just somebody probably made it. I mean, there's probably like a a 2D mock-up that they used to to make the the, the, the comp just the image. Yeah, catalog or whatever, but I don't think that the. I mean, who knows? Maybe there was a coloring book that had an Empire logo on it. But um, the when the actual Empire books got released, I have them listed in '81, but I think they came out in late '80. When they got released, they had the same product number as the one shown in the 1980 catalog. So I don't think Kenner ever intended on releasing the Canadian books. I think it was just more or less they used them as a placeholder because they didn't have the new ones ready yet. Would be my guess. Right, and then in the 1981 catalog, we have now. This is interesting because the 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 coloring isn't done with like markers or airbrush like the other one was. This is very clearly colored pencils. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it's great because it shows the creativity. You see Princess Leia in her Hoth outfit, but she's not white on white on white on white. <laughs> it's all <laughs> colors, and it's all the the kind of fun that you can have. And Boba Fett's all different kinds of colors. And yeah, I mean, when you think about it, Empire Strikes Back, the most of the the color palette in the beginning and end of the movie is all that just that kind of white of Arthur Bespin. So you have to really. Yeah, I mean, check, yeah. check out Leia's outfit. Yeah, she's got some some massive color going on there. Yeah. And then again, it, I guess the outfit, outfit's just white, as you see in the middle right. photograph, you know, like just two white outfits, her and Luke. But the, the, whoever did the background one really went to town with the pink shirt and everything. It, it, it obviously reminds me of the best story, and it's a modern story, but it's still my favorite. The, the 1997 Pizza Hut uh, box. <laughs> that, that they, you know, I believe you ordered pizza and they sent you crayons as well. And it was a black and white image of Darth Vader yeah. and stormtroopers. Right. And it was like color in the box. <laughs> and I'm done. Like, I think like everybody, I know that was the first thing I said. I remember I was with my mom and we went over 
I don't know what I was doing. We were driving around or something. We stopped, and I remember going into Pizza Hut and asking them for boxes. <laughs> and I remember that was the first thing I said was like, there's no color on either of this. So it's like somebody at Pizza Hut must have said the same thing, with that somebody didn't care, you know, or Tricon or whoever ran that promotion. Funny. Okay, so when they actually did release them, once again we have four covers. And I don't know what it is about coloring books, but the monotony of imagery that we're used to <laughs> in most, you know, like, you know how Star Wars gets increasingly monotonous, you know, from Star Wars Empire to Jedi? Like, coloring books are just off the rails. I don't understand why, but they have one image of Leia and Chewbacca running down the Bespin hallway. I've never seen this image soloed out like this. No, like, I haven't either. It's, it's weirdly vertical. Like, the composition is terrible because Leia's right in front of Chewbacca and there's all this <laughs> empty space, and we'll see the same thing in a, in a Jedi book. Uh, but the composition is just terrible. It's an image I've never seen before. Uh, there's the uh, one... That, yeah, I mean, it may be on a trading card or something, or something similar. But yeah, it's weird though. You're right though. It's a it's an odd image to choose <laughs> for the color. It, it looks like she might be running away from Chewbacca. Like <laughs> the, the way that she's running. Um, and then there's what, yeah, that's a weird image to choose. No what Ron calls the uh, uh, we'd be pleased if you join us or whatever the the image of the four of them looking at Darth Vader. I've never noticed that Han and Leia were holding hands in that scene before. Yeah, are they? Is, are they in the movie? I mean, because this is probably production still, so it could be a different, a different uh, take or whatever. That's something to look for. Yeah, um, you're well, right. Though, you know, guy. We, we we should look this up. All right, so I'm gonna look this up on YouTube. Uh, we'd be <laughs> glad if you joined us. What's the term? ESB. We'd love it if you. We'd be honored. We'd be honored if you. We'd be honored. We'd be honored. It'd be sweet if you'd have a a, a bite. It's also there's, I mean, like three, three of the four books are Bespin scenes, which right. is also just kind of weird. So I mean, you know, the most of the photos you see, like they're from somebody's on on set with a camera. So I mean, it could be any, who knows what take or whatever. Yeah. Wait, I'm now watching the scene again. I'm trying to figure out. It looks like. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> This is weird. Like, Han is shooting forward, and he's not holding Leia's hand. But then it cuts back, and his hand is behind him, and he's actually grabbing onto her hand behind him. Mm. But but they weren't really all lovey-dovey at this point. Would they really be holding hands at this point? Okay. Yeah, oh, this is interesting. Previously, right? Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, and again, like, this is a great image. This is a great moment in the movie. The The... This the Calrissian's betrayal and everything, and this is almost a, a casual shot with them. Uh, the the Luke walking through the corridor is just a terribly backlit photo. The lighting on here, he looks like it's like a badly done boudoir photo, you know, because he's 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 in this pose, and R two D two is behind him, but, but but kind of obscured. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's yeah. You're, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, it's I think the. We'd be honored if you would join us. One is pretty okay, but the layer running in the hall is an odd choice for the front of a coloring book, and probably so is the Luke one. Like I don't really understand what they were thinking about that. But if we're trying to say that Kenner had had such a high quality control, Um, and then once again a good standard boring R two D two. You can't mess up a picture of R two D two doing stuff. Right. Well, that one looks pretty. I mean, 
it looks like pretty professional, and I mean, I can see why they chose that one, but the other three are pretty, are oddball choices, no doubt. And then there's also a Canadian version of this, and that's just a Canadian on the back, I mean, right. uh, fr French on the back. Uh, you point out that the artists are given credit, so I, I do see your point, Ron, that there's a sort of sense of artistry in here that is not present in the other ones. Well, they're, they seem like they're professional products. The other ones yes. don't seem like they are because they weren't. They were done by kids. Um, but yeah, and, and also dude. it's interesting that it says like I think it has Lucasfilm credited as the the, the, the folks who produced the thing, which is interesting. Um, I mean, how many Kenner items have Lucasfilm credits on them as like creators, like not as like a licensed thing, but right, like edited and art directed by Lucasfilm, which is interesting. Yeah, and they. In general, you point out that they're all printed in Canada, so maybe just coloring yeah. books are just a Canadian thing. You also point out, though, there's there's one image in here that you point out that doesn't relate to anything in Star Wars. No, like like <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this is. This is like Splinter in the Mind's Eye outtake. I don't know what this is, but this feels like this is done by a Canadian art art school student. Yeah. This... Oh, that one is pretty. Yeah, that one looks like it's from the earlier. Canadian books. I mean, it's a weird one. Yeah. Obviously, I guess it's Bespin. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be Bespin. I feel like there's a weird old Ralph McQuarrie depiction of Bespin that's similar to this. That's what it's reminding me of. I'd have to go back and yeah, look. Yeah, I was thinking uh, about that when I was writing it, and I was going to go look at some of the McQuarrie pictures, but then I think I forgot. But, yeah. but, but let, let, me, let me describe it. Yeah, let's break down the, the image here, yeah. Okay, there's a person who's not Darth Vader, no. who looks like <laughs> If Darth Vader, okay, if Peter Fonda from Easy Rider and Darth Vader had a baby, <laughs> and it grew up to uh, to sing like with Cab Calloway, this is what it would look like. Standing next to a Flash Gordon outtake, right, like, woman, yeah, and then they're pointing to a bald dude with lobot sleeves and a big cape walking up a walking up the stairs. Like there's no. There's no deleted scene. There's no outtake that where this makes sense. And then there's a cloud car above them and a, a teeny tiny, tiny X-wing, like, like an X-wing drone that you would get for Christmas. <laughs> yes. And Darth Vader is like walking away. Did you did you mention that? I might have missed it. Yo, like, yeah, oh, wait, down oh, wait that's Darth Vader with his head down. And he's got oh. a he's got a collar like a popped collar or bought back collar like a Kenner figure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like this doctor, this doctor mindbender mofo is walking away like he just told them off or something, and Darth Vader's walking away with his head down. That's what it looks like such a weird. There's oh man, the more I look at this, the weirder it is. Like there's that it weird, is super weird yeah. monument kind of off in the distance, and the scale. Like, are we to think that that's like a giant like promenade with our square with and are those little people down below? Like, what is the scale? Oh, of this? I didn't even notice the people. Yeah, it is def. That is, so I went bizarre. through all of these trying to find some fun images, and that one I'm like, this is just a weird one. <laughs> it's it, guy's right. It looks like it could have been in the the earlier Canadian ones. It's like the that's the strangest one I could find in the Empire Kenner book. I, I I am going to put this up there as the most surreal image in all of Star Wars. <laughs> I, I think the only yeah. thing that's close to it is the weird Jesus imagery, early Jesus imagery of Obi-Wan Kenobi, like where he is like son of son, like I-N-R-I written above his head and stuff. Yeah. Like, this yeah. in terms of like you can't, it's like 
positively surreal. You can't find the right scale. You can't find a way to go in. You can't figure out what the relationship is. It's like the Chirico and Dali, like all mixed together, and uh, even a little bit of Escher in there too. So, yeah, the, the Chirico comment is pretty on point. I think I, I even like how the cloud car that you see on the left is like is like weirdly obscured. Like it's just like there's a bizarre. Like part of it's just behind that thing. <laughs> it's such a weird painting. And you have to really, really know. Car way in the distance. Yeah. What a, yeah. For those of guy pointing the enhanced version, this is painful, but it's great for us. There's a guy pointing on the left. Like, what is he pointing at? Like, I, the whole thing is. Yeah. <laughs> it's really um, It's it's on the level of the um the the puzzle that has the two space force Thomas Jefferson guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bizarre. I don't know when the next archive party is, but we are doing something with this image, guys. I, I was just going to suggest, guy, that well, we some custom use, figure yeah. guy needs to make the two people on the left, the, right. the guy and the gal. If we could like reproduce this and have just an art contest for like a coloring contest for weird interpretations of this, that could be fun. And, and a story contest, like a story like, contest. This, there you go. <laughs> who are these people in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> so strange. If I had to take a wild guess, I mean, again, this is. Art directed and edited by Lucasfilm, they probably needed, uh, you know, a two-page spread. And someone was like, "Hey, what if we just? What if someone comes up with like a, a off scene, like something that was not in the movies that could have been on Bespin?" And someone was like, "Yeah, all right, <laughs> sure." <laughs> and then some person went and kind of did a brainstorm, like came up with an imaginative, imaginative Bespin scene. Um, that's kind of what it looks like, but it's it's pretty weird. And an, another thing to remember is that these books, much like the the slideshow stuff and, and and albums, like you didn't have access to the movies, you couldn't go any time. So for a lot of people, you'd see the movie once, and then yeah. you just have your toys and stuff. So I can imagine kids playing with like coloring this in, and then going back to seeing the movie, being like, "I Where can't was wait that to see bald those guy? guys." <laughs> All right, well, we we need to move on beyond that, Steve. Yeah. I, I can yeah. I can just get lost in here. Where do you want to go next, Steve? On uh, on all these, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so there's a couple other Empire books, like I mentioned. Um, I had this this really like I think Ron, you described it as a altogether metal looking example. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that works for this. It's got Vader and the two yeah. stormtroopers with the it's light. It's a weird. It's like a weird image, you know, Vader and the stormtroopers with a red background, but it's yeah. also like if you're a like eight-year-old boy and you see that or i guess even a girl you're like oh man that's badass you know? yeah it's <laughs> like, like, like that's just really colorful and stands out yeah it, that's one of those i definitely remember having this and i feel like that that image has kind of been used in other empire like school supply type like folders and notebooks Probably, and stuff yeah. like that but um it feels kind of japanese to me i don't i don't know maybe it's because it's they they love the masked characters so much but I think it's the it, hard quality to it yeah, yeah. it's Kind of like it reminds me of um, late, like the Kenner stuff done in the '70s with the really oh. like hot lighting right. and like very like bold. Whereas the primary Empire color has more of a type thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, most Empire and Jedi stuff is more naturalistic, for lack of a better word. But the the '70s Star Wars stuff tends to be really like pops, you know. And this obviously this yeah, like the bot bags or something. It just really pops. Yeah. yeah, I need to pick up one of these, an actual like nice copy. One day, and, and we're seeing yeah. the, the continual Kenner adoration of the uh, uh, new century Gothic font. It is all over the place. Yeah, yep. like the Wampa Ice Creature. That's uh, 
that's just the the font that they use. That's like the Kenner font. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I guess we should mention that we're talking about. So there was four Empire books in nineteen, well, late eighty or in eighty one. So right. there was there was four books, which is the ones we originally talked about, and then in nineteen eighty two there was two additional Empire Strikes Back books: the the Metal Vader, and then the there was a Yoda, which is Yoda, like the, right? The, yeah, the Yoda still that you've seen a bazillion times. Yeah. Yes, but it's 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 cropped in a way that I haven't seen it. And so for all of these American ones, there's also Canadian versions again with the with the the French on the back, which is quite cool. And then we get to 1983 and Return of the Jedi, and just when you think, okay, we're going to get the most standard imagery possible, Kenner still manages to to surprise us a little bit here. <laughs> um, so we we have more. Absolutely fantabulous Technicolor Dreamcoat yeah. um, catalog images that are done. Yeah. It seems like they only had pink and fuchsia yep. to, yeah. to do this. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah there's a lot, that, of, a lot of purple and pink on there. A lot of bright, yeah. like highlighter yellow, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's interesting is the, the, the copy in For Empire Strikes Back, it said... Uh, thrilling scenes, characters, and far-out spaceships. Here they say spectacular spaceships. Mm. So that they haven't changed the copy too much. <laughs> uh, but they, they do emphasize the the creatures in this image. So they have the Gamorrean Guard, and you have Riyiz and Yak Face. And, yep. Um, but in general, we finally have a traditional, boring image of Luke on the skiff, the image that you've seen a thousand times. That's the primary one. I will say, Ron, have you noticed this is a double racetrack on a Return of the Jedi item? Well, you know, that's a good point. You know, I hadn't noticed that. That's interesting, actually, unless you mention it. I don't know. Because they, hmm. they only use the double racetrack on the toys for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. Empire Strikes Back on the coloring books, they use a single racetrack. Single, yeah. And then Quite they a bit go different back. from the Star Wars one. But, yeah, that's weird. Like, I... I don't know if there's any other product, other Jedi product that has that. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good point. Uh, and that's and that's not the bomb I'm going to drop on you soon, Ron. <laughs> the thing that you missed, I can't believe you missed. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that, but this is great too because it has the artist's name very prominent. Right. Uh, yeah, Susan Nelson. I mean, it seems like. I mean, that's kind of nice. Like, I don't know. I'm not like a coloring book aficionado in general, but I don't know how common it was to open up a coloring book and see like the name of the artist on a, a separate page like that. So, I mean, that seems like a nice credit. Like, I don't know who Susan Nelson is, but I think certainly I mentioned it in the article. I think the the two, was it? Yeah. Two Jedi books from 83 are, are probably the most professional products that were released in the line. Like they, it's just the, the art in there is really like pretty high quality. Awesome. And then they, so they have this image, and then, so if you don't know the answer to this question, think of Return of the Jedi, all the memorable characters and creatures and moments, and if I could tell you there's only going to be two different images that are going to grace the front of a coloring book. One is going to be Luke Skywalker, <laughs> the other is going to be, keep thinking, keep thinking, who is it, Steve? Oh, Max Rebo. <laughs> Max Rebo. How many Max Rebo items are there? Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting choice. I don't know. There's not a lot of Max Rebo. Out, like, if you're a Max Rebo focus collector, uh, this has got to be one of the primary things you have. Because they are just... I think they got even less love than Frigadan and the Modal Nodes in their jizz whaling. 
Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's a good point. Like, I don't, you know, I didn't really mention it in the article, but you bring up a good point about, I don't know what Kenner was thinking with the choices of some of these, other than maybe to make them different from other products. But, yeah, I mean, you'd think you would choose Jabba the Hutt or something. Like, just a big picture of Max Rebo is kind of an odd choice. Right. Um, and and then you point out that they even featured a coloring book image that they wouldn't use right. in a in a catalog or some kind of uh, yeah ad that's stick. a repro art you know the repro art books it's basically a compendium of line art that Kenner would send out to retailers and they could clip out stuff and create their own ads for like right. paper reproductions yeah and uh, the, yeah the, the the Luke the Luke on the sale barge book is not featured in the 1983 or 1984 repro art book. Uh, there's a picture of Leia touching C-3PO's face on Endor with Chewbacca in the background. So at one point, that must have been the cover, uh, and that was changed to Luke on the sail barge, so, which is yeah, interesting. That's still, sort that's of relic. Still would have been better. And then we have this image that Steve and I talked about last month. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> when we were talking about Nikto, um, Wait, right, Nikto? Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think we maybe even brought this this comic or the coloring book up back in the, the Lando Skip episode. We definitely brought up this Nikto last time, yeah. Yeah, just because this is another example, Ron, of terrible composition and choice. <laughs> it's Lando and a Nikto fighting, but you can't really make it out. It's not an iconic scene. It's in the dead center of the image. It's very thin. You can't read it from a distance. But if you take this and then you put that next to the Luke uh, in the middle of uh, Bespin, you put that next to Leia going down the hallway, then you compare that to the Canadian ones, uh, you do you do see at least one advantage. The Canadian had some sense of uh, of composition. Oh yeah, I think they have the they have a better covers. I think no doubt. Yeah. I mean, there's just main characters, you know, very vivid. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. That's a good point. I think the Kenner coloring books, except for the Luke, which is you know a standard boring image on the on the sail barge. A lot of the other ones are just kind of odd choices. So you, I guess the Yoda Empire Yoda is another common thing, but there's some weird choices in here. It almost makes me think that someone was almost trying to come up with unique images, although that's a weird way to market a product. Usually you're trying to find (laughs) something that draws the eye or whatever rather than just some kind of unique thing. Uh, That's a good point, though. And and then you talk about two different Ewok ones, one uh, one Wicket, I don't understand like when things were marketed as Wicket and when things were marketed as Ewoks. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't we're gonna have to do a whole show on that, Sky. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, need to get well, some help I, on I that. Talked about it a little bit in my Walk Tots or my preschool Ewoks article that I did a couple of years ago that's, or a year that's ago, right. whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, Kenner kind of seems to have struggled with how to market the. Let's call it. It was not animated because the stuff came out before the animated series was out. But yeah. they kind of struggled with how to market their, I guess, for lack of a better word, preschool Ewok stuff. So one of the the original one was Wicket the Ewok, and that was kind of like focusing on Wicket, but it was like a younger kids line. And then later on, it became, um, you know, the preschool Ewoks line, which was a different sort of thing, and then it, finally it became the animated series, which didn't show up until 85. Right. Um, so, yeah, and then the two books from, I think, what do I have? It's in 84, 
One of them is obviously Wicket the Ewok, and it has the main branding image of Wicket swinging on a vine. And the other one, they both have Jedi logos, but the other one is like Wicket's World Coloring Book, but then it says featuring <laughs> Wicket the Ewok. So it's got like the branding of Wicket the Ewok, but yeah. it's kind of like in a in a subsidiary font there, right? Right. But it's a little bit weird. It's like two two books in the same line, but with slightly different marketing emphases like just a little bizarre yeah well, at, at some point we'll, we'll have to get into it because I, I i think that we need to maybe even have an entire episode and ron you might help us like write it because <laughs> i think we might need to write the pre-ewoks ewoks line like maybe we should name it we should figure out should we just call it the, the wicket era because it is i have a lot of you know the 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 calendar that I still have from 1984, I have it up on my wall. I, I never take it down. I change it every month. You know, that was not at all an Ewoks thing. You know, there's no Dulocs or whatever. Right, so th right. this weird interstitial period, it's almost like a, an early dark dark times where it's just sort of in between these two things. Yeah, I mean, not, a good, good chance yeah. to get just to Jared Clark to come on. But um, yeah. yeah, if you look at the, 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 I wrote a blog post called Walk Tots, Walk Tots, Kenner's Preschool Star Wars Toys. Um, you know, there was a whole line of, um, it started out as Discovery Time, so it had like this rainbow branding, and it was called mm -hmm. Discovery Time, and it was part of a larger Kenner, like, preschool um, line, and then later Just, on, yeah. that, that, that it kind of merged, and then they had Kenner Preschool, which had different branding, but then they still retained the Wicket the Ewok, like, instead of Return of the Jedi, they called it Wicket the Ewok, uh, and then once the... the the animated line came out, they kind of switched it to Ewoks, but then they got rid of a lot of the preschool stuff and they were doing, you know, action figures and stuff. So it was like a confused, a confused product rollout over a period of like two to three years, which is just kind of weird. Okay. And we are now ready for my, my bomb. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about Canadian coloring books and about the fact that they're in French as well. But the Wicket the Ewok and Wicket's World Coloring Book are also in Canadian English, not American English, because Canada follows British spelling and has right. a U has right, a U right. in coloring. So I don't really know why, and maybe our Canadian listeners uh, can tell us. But did something happen in 1983 or 1984 where like like? Let's put the, the U back in, right? Because this is very much a Canadian spelling of coloring. And I can't believe you didn't mention it, Ron. Your whole article is garbage because of it. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I noticed it, but I just didn't mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, do the other, I guess the other ones, yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess the other ones on the English side don't use the U. So, right. So there, right. There, it's well, American English, and then now for the first time we have Canadian English and French Canadian on the yeah. back. Yeah. And the other so, ones, when they have English, it just says coloring without the U. So yeah. whoever yeah. was uh, art directing the books in Canada at that point decided that they wanted the U, which is interesting. So I just, yeah. if you could oh, just no. by tomorrow just do another blog post just about that, that'd be great. Just, just, just about three, the U three, and coloring? Pages. Yeah, just about the U and coloring. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get on that. <laughs> wow. Well, Steve, I don't even know. I mean, we've been talking about coloring books for an hour. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> I don't know if we could even bear to talk more about the about the the, the displays. Um, well, you forgot the be... 1985 book, which uh, to complete the thought about the 
the staggered rollout of the the Ewok stuff in 1985. The coloring book was actually based on the the the, the animated show. So the last and probably the rarest. I think this is the hardest one to find. Probably is the the orange covered Ewoks animated series coloring book. So that's a good one. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That, well, that's. Okay, so I, I I don't know. You also show an amazing picture of uh, of what it looks like on the inside. Ewok fireworks, and and you say it's a, <laughs> an image of low grade tripping balls. Uh, well, that one's actually that's that one's one, actually right? from the yeah the oh, earlier that's the one. one. Okay, yeah, so the the, 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 the uh, animated one has the it's Latara and Nisa and the open a sack full of bugs. The bugs swarm over the Dulocs. <laughs> Yeah, basically the whole coloring book is them like torturing Dulocs. Like, <laughs> like this, it's like this like little like theme of Ewoks versus Dulocs, all based on the show. Well, I'm sure there's some good sexy Latara images. So if you find them, yeah. Ron, you don't just don't disc- don't don't send them to Sky. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, um, Ron, say one interesting thing about coloring book displays. I dare you. Interesting thing about coloring books? Yeah, yes. I don't know. I guess um, when I was writing this, originally I just about forgot that there was actually... there The the Wicket the Ewok coloring book display is in the catalog, but I thought it was not made. And then, I fortunately, I checked with Jared Clark right before I published it. I was like, hey, was this thing made? And he's like, yeah, I have it at my house. <laughs> um, and that's actually on the archives, so I, I guess shame on me for not remembering that it had been made. But um, that's a really cool piece. I'd love to have one. The the the, the, the counter bin for the the two Ewok coloring books released in 1983. And then w- was the one ever released that was half Star Wars, half Strawberry Shortcake? Yes. It, well, it's mentioned in the article, I think. Yeah, because well. Actually, it's not. Um, sorry. Yeah, that, I have a, a store photo of, um, you know, a, a store that was taken in the 80s, and it shows the, a display with Strawberry Shortcake and Empire Strikes Back on the same display, right? So it, it does not look, though, like the one in the catalog. So I think mm. the one in the catalog was produced, but they changed the design a little bit. Okay. Okay, then I guess my last homework for our audience, which just basically means wrong, uh, how many Star Wars items share another toy line in it, in the vintage era? Man, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is like there's a British display with Star Wars in action band mm, right. on the same display. Um, other than that, I mean, there's probably ads and things, but if you really want like just a actually released is... item... I mean, this is really Strawberry Shortcake. You know, this is really Puppet Show and Spinal Tap. This is (laughs) Star Wars having to have equal billing with Strawberry and Shortcake. Yeah, yeah. Strawberry Shortcake was big time, man. You know, Kenner had the biggest boys' toys and biggest girls' toys licenses at the same time. Well, it probably wasn't bigger (laughs) than Barbie, but Strawberry Shortcake was pretty big there. So, I mean, they're probably... Do you guys remember when when you were kids and you had to pretend like you didn't think Strawberry Shortcake was awesome and you had to pretend like you didn't watch the cartoon and you had to pretend like you wouldn't, like, hang around and, like, find the girl's Strawberry Shortcakes and smell them? (laughs) You loved it, didn't you, Sky? I loved it, man. That show was great. Um, talking to Kenner people, like they, they tell stories about um, the the scent that they used to scent those things. <laughs> just like, 
like getting into everything. And just like, oh, no. Can you imagine having that strawberry and the <laughs> apple, apple like you, apricot, whatever the heck those things are called. Like My sister had those toys. They still smell, and I found them years later. Yeah, like you, you smell like uh, French fries if you work at McDonald's. You just, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Uh, awesome. Well, but yeah, I, I, think I, I can't think uh, of another. I can't think of another shared item off the top of my double, head. Double branded. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's a good awesome. question for your your listeners there. Yes. If you've made it this far into our podcast about coloring books, I think this is great. I think I had this much fun when we talked about Wonder Bread inserts. You know, like this is uh, the the blog blog <laughs> pods are, are just absolutely delightful. I will say one last thing about a Canadian image that I thought was interesting. There's one of the stormtroopers, but it's the stormtroopers from behind, right, and it right. almost looks like it's the the other side of the image of the stormtrooper shooting that you see on the card back. You know, on the Kenner card. It's one of the ones you sent. Yeah, it's one of the ones I sent. It's just, I mean, it's obviously not that, but it's how often do you see the stormtroopers sort of oh, from behind? I mean, yeah, oh yeah, and it's yeah. like they're getting blasted. It looks like they're, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like when a doorway this, with stars. It, it, it looked. I didn't realize the guy was getting shot. It to me, it looked like the one stormtrooper was shoving the other one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the guy, the, this dude just emailed me out of the blue a while back. He's like, hey, because um, I guess I wrote a write-up on the, the archive database on Canadian coloring books. And he's like, I was one of the Canadian art students who did those. He's like, you know, they, we just had a couple of days to do them. And we were just, like, blowing up images they sent and tracing them. And, and I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. And, like, he was going to pull out some information for me. And then it's like, I've emailed them now for... We we went back and forth a few times, but I emailed him like three or four times since then with no response. So I think he just either died or lost interest or something. But yeah, oh, I mean, sometimes you get these leads and they don't lead anywhere. But hey, uh, he's incredible. Mouse. He had all this background information on how these things were made. So awesome. Okay, well then I I think that's as much as we can take. Uh, I the Clint. So I just hit start. Uh, I just hit stop. But Ron remembered something. Go ahead, Ron. Oh yeah, so I think we we can't end the podcast without thanking Clint Garnis for um, supplying so many uh, Canadian coloring book images. He was a, a huge help in putting some of these together because I don't have all the Canadian ones. So thanks a lot to Clint for doing that. Yes, thank you, Clint. Anything else you want to throw on here at the end here, Steve? <laughs> uh, Sky, I think you might still owe Clint that uh, that Halloween costume. <laughs> no, he told me that. We should uh, auction it or sell it at the next okay. archive party. <laughs> that you know, that's 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 good to hear. That that's a good way to. <laughs> now I just to have to that. make sure that I know where it is, or I have to buy another one and do that. But I'll do that. That's no problem. Yeah. Okay. So so thanks, Clint. thanks, Clint. <laughs>